0: Please open your Bibles with me to Malachi chapter 2. As it seems to be the the habit of of preachers and uh, what their wives are accustomed to hearing, my wife has heard, the message I'd like to preach. I'm going to preach it, and then afterwards she's going to hear the message I, I wanted to preach. It's, <laughs> it seems like we only can preach the gospel of our salvation in part. Now, we'll be reading the chapter 2 in its entirety, but we'll only be focusing on the first nine verses. This is uh, Malachi chapter 2. And now, all you priests, this commandment is for you. If you will not hear, if you will not lay it to heart, to give glory unto my name, saith the Lord of hosts, I will even send a curse upon you, and I will curse your blessings. Yea, I have cursed them already, because ye do not lay it to heart. Behold, I will corrupt your seed, and spread dung upon your faces, even the dung of your solemn feasts, and one shall take you away with it. And ye shall know that I have sent this commandment unto you, that my covenant might be with Levi, saith the Lord of hosts. My covenant was with him of life and peace, and I gave them to him for the fear wherewith he feared me, and was afraid before my name the law of truth was in his mouth and iniquity was not found in his lips he walked with me in peace and equity and did turn many away from iniquity for the priest's lips should keep knowledge and they should seek the law at his mouth for he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts but ye are departed out of the way ye have caused many to stumble at the law Ye have corrupted the covenant of Levi, saith the Lord of hosts. Therefore have I also made you contemptible and base before all the people, according as ye have not kept my ways, but have been partial in the law. Have we not all one father? Hath not one God created us? Why do we deal treacherously every man against his brother by profaning the covenant of our fathers?' Judah hath dealt treacherously, and an abomination is committed in Israel and in Jerusalem. For Judah hath profaned the holiness of the Lord, which he loved, and hath married the daughter of a strange God. The Lord will cut off the man that doeth this, the master and the scholar, out of the tabernacles of Jacob, and him that offereth an offering unto the Lord of hosts. And this have ye done again, covering the altar of the Lord with tears, with weeping, and with crying out, insomuch that he regardeth not the covering any more, or receiveth it with goodwill at your hand. Yet ye say, Wherefore? Because the Lord hath been witness between thee and the wife of thy youth, against whom thou hast dealt treacherously yet is she thy companion and the wife of thy covenant and did not he make one yet he the residue of the spirit yet had he the residue of the spirit and wherefore one that he might seek a godly seed therefore take heed to your spirit and let none deal treacherously against the wife of his youth for the lord the god of israel saith that he hateth putting away verse 16 I'll read that again For the Lord the God of Israel saith that he hateth putting away for one covereth violent for one covereth violence with his garment saith the Lord of hosts Therefore take heed to your spirit that ye deal not treacherously ye have wearied the Lord with your words yet ye say wherein have we wearied him when ye say one that doeth evil is good in the sight of the Lord and he delighteth in them, or oh, where is the God of judgment? I know the Lord will bless the reading of his word to the hearts of his people here this evening. Now before we set our attention to look at chapter two, let's review already what we've seen here in chapter one. Now I must apologize, I need to take off this necktie. Uh, it's a little bit too tight. I at risk of distracting. (laughs) I don't know why. Perhaps it's shrunk in the dryer. But I'm going to pass out if I don't take that thing off. (laughs) All right, that's much better. Now, before we begin this review of chapter 1, I want to remind you, I want to remind myself, what this book Malachi and all the scripture is about. Now, we can learn about the history of the period and the interesting details connected in Malachi from the book summaries found in many Bibles and commentaries. But if that is all we are going to hear this evening, the Lord have mercy on us. If it's just interesting details about the history of the period, woe unto me. Our Lord charges the priests during Malachi's time as he did in his own. Uh, we read here in chapter 2, verse 8, the priests departed out of the way, that they caused many to stumble at the law because they had corrupted the covenant. Our Lord declares the same warning to the leaders during the days of his earthly ministry. He declared, Woe unto you lawyers, teachers of the law, For ye have taken away the key of knowledge. Ye entered not in yourselves, and them that were entering in ye hindered. Just as the priests in Malachi's day, the Lord says of these teachers of the law that they have not kept the ways, but have been partial in the law. We read that in verse 9 of Malachi chapter 2. How were they partial in the law? What part did they leave out? Just as in Malachi's day, the Pharisees that should have kept knowledge took the key to it away. Our Lord charged, Ye have taken away the key of knowledge. What is the key to understanding the Scriptures? Turn with me to Luke's Gospel, chapter 24. Our brother Tyler read this portion. And as always is the case, we hear someone read God's Word and even uh, the pastor who studied the passage heard something new. (laughs) Uh, Our brother prayed for those who have not yet beholden Him, that they should know Him, that the Lord opened the eyes. In verse 16, we saw that their eyes were holding that they should not know Him. But we'll get to the portion here. The Lord is the one who must make us to see Him. Verse 26 Uh, Rather, verse 27, we read that beginning at Moses and all the prophets, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, he expounded unto these two men in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. The key to understanding the scriptures, the key to knowledge is Christ. How blessed will our time be this evening if he gives us grace to believe and receive those same things that all the prophets have spoken to hear the prophet Malachi expounded unto us the things concerning our blessed Redeemer, Christ Jesus the Lord. In Malachi chapter 1, we rejoice to hear our Lord and Redeemer declare, I have loved you. How blessed we are in this gospel dispensation to be able by God's undeserved grace to answer the question, wherein hast thou loved us? Wherein hast thou loved me, Lord? We hear shadows of its answer through Abraham's prophetic answer, the Lord will provide himself lamb. But beloved, we in this gospel dispensation hear the answer to that question from the lamb himself. Turn with me to John's gospel, chapter 15. Now this is just all a way of review and introduction. Um, My word count on my message was a little too long, (laughs) but I trust we won't be here past eight in John's Gospel chapter fifteen verse nine we read As the Father hath loved me so I have loved you, continue ye in my love. God's people ask wherein hast thou loved us? And our gracious Lord condescends to answer Greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. Our Lord speaks to you, beloved the answer to the questions, wherein hast thou loved me? He declares, when I gave myself for you, before you were born, before the foundation of the world, for it is written of me in the book, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. Beloved, he has taken away the covenant of works, away this, this, this cursed covenant of death, and has established the covenant of grace that we'll read about in a moment. The prophet Malachi shows us that the covenant works because of the failing flesh of the seed of man. O ye descendants of Adam, all you and I can ever bring of your hand, all I can ever bring of my hand, is that which the Lord saith, I will throw down. For the deeds thereof are evil. The polluted offering of man well and ever will will ever lead to the border of wickedness the border containing all those thrown down to the lake of fire but blessed be the lord all true israel shall see and shall say the lord will be magnified from the border of israel the border of the kingdom of heaven all those within the border of god's distinguishing grace both the elect jew and the, the elect gentile will rejoice in a pure offering The pure offering of the Lord Jesus Christ. The means of His grace is that grace that the Lord purposed to give us in Christ Jesus before the world began. In summary, Malachi chapter 1 declares the acceptance of God's beloved people will be upon the basis of a pure offering. Not an offering from their hand, but an offering from the hand of the Lord. The prophet Malachi shows us that God will not accept a polluted offering, but that He is going to magnify Himself in that for His great love, for those within the covenant of His love, the covenant of His grace, all those within the distinguishing border of His love, He shows us by the prophet that not only do we need a pure offering because our offerings are polluted, Malachi shows us that a pure, that a pure offering, and I love the word a pure offering. It speaks of the single offering, the once and for all offering of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This will declare and does declare the greatness of His name, Jesus. Salvation is of Jehovah. But for those who will not come to His Son to be saved by His one pure and perfect offering, the offering that is not of our hand, but of His hand, He will throw down to to that border of wickedness against whom the Lord hath indignation forever. In a word, hell. Indeed, the holiness of our God will cause dread among the, amongst the nations of the world, great dread to those who have not a pure offering, but great peace for those who have Christ. Now we turn to chapter 2, and I pray as we enter upon it, and I hope to the Lord that He will show us more of the gospel of our salvation in this chapter, to see Christ and Him crucified all the more clearly And plainly. Just as we saw in chapter 1 the insufficiency of the polluted offering of man's sacrifice, and saw the gospel that our God has provided of his hand a pure offering by the sacrifice of his son, we see in chapter 2 of Malachi the insufficiency of the corrupted seed of Adam's descendants to present a pure offering, and are shown and are shown the gospel in seeing our pure priest Christ Jesus the Lord set forth in our portion. If the Lord is pleased, the prophet will show us in this chapter not only do we need a pure offering. we saw that in chapter one, but beloved, we need a pure offerer. We need a high priest, a perfect priest to present this pure offering. We'll look at this under two headings profane priests and our perfect priest. In verse 1 of Malachi, chapter 1, we read, And now, O ye priests, this commandment is for you. The gospel is a commandment, beloved. It declares, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Now this was declared in shadow and in type by the physical temple, But these profane, unbelieving priests, in their neglect of the temple and the neglect of the offerings, were showing their utter contempt for the true and living God and the gospel of Christ. How did they do this? They brought for both the sins of the people and their own sins polluted offerings, torn offerings, sick offerings, and lame offerings that did not picture Christ. What enmity is in us by nature that can show the same contempt and hatred for Christ himself by, setting under, by sitting under a message that does not set him forth as he really is? You've heard someone say, Christ wants to save you, but he can't. But what blasphemy to declare Christ as a lame savior Let alone picture him with a lame animal. How despicable did these profane priests portray he who has all power in heaven and earth to portray him as the one who has all power as though he were lame. Our gospel hope is not found in him who is lame. (laughs) Beloved, our hope is found in he who has all power in heaven and in earth. Now, we'll just pick up reading here. Verse 2. If ye will not hear, and if ye will not lay it to heart to give glory unto my name, saith the Lord of hosts, I will even send a curse upon you, and I will curse your blessings, yea, I have cursed them already, because ye do not lay it to heart. Behold, I will corrupt your seed and spread dung upon your faces, even the dung of your solemn feasts, and one shall take you away with it. Now these profane, unjustified priests may have looked at the mercy seat, the propitiatory. But they did not look to the true mercy seat, the Lord Jesus Christ. If they had, they would not have brought those things unfit to picture him. They would not have conducted themselves in a manner unbefitting to him, who is our King and Lord Jesus Christ. Not only did they not love him, but they showed their hatred of him. Priests that despise my name, our Lord called them. Why was that? Beloved, the way someone was saved in the Old Testament is the same way we're saved today. Turn with me to Luke chapter 18. I'll pick up reading here in verse 9. I fast twice in the week, I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican, standing afar off, would not so lift up so much as his eyes into heaven, Being, but he smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner, be propitiatory to me. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other, for every one that exalted himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. It's remarkable what our Lord says here in verse 9 of these Pharisees. They trusted in themselves and despised others. All others, beloved. This is what we are by nature. Self-righteous lovers of self and despisers of others. And principally among them, Those who entrust in themselves as being righteous despise God, and they do it without cause. Our Lord declared, But this is cometh to pass that the word might be fulfilled that is written in the law they hated me without a cause. May God deliver you from your hate, left to yourself, left to myself. This is all you or I will ever do love ourselves and despise others. God deliver you. God deliver me as we ever look to the true mercy seat of God's everlasting love in the true propitiatory, the Lord Jesus Christ, like the publican we just read about and go back to our homes tonight, justify. God deliver all of us from the unhearing and unloving heart of the Pharisee here mentioned. Now these profane, unbelieving, unjustified priests we just read about in Malachi, we'll turn back there now, Malachi chapter 2, they went through the motions of an outward worship, an outward show that typified the true mercy seat, the true propitiatory, the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ himself. But they themselves did not hear the gospel of the true mercy seat and have it laid to their hearts. How do we know this? Because the Lord declares by the prophet they were not hearing or laying to heart the commandment, the gospel. Now what our Lord declared during his earthly ministry, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. The temple declared in shadow and type, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. But what these unjustified, profane people offered and the profane priests they had offered it by did not picture or point to the gospel commandment of his pure offering of the Lord's hand. Instead, they showed contempt in what they offered. In other words, they could not love the Lord for they had not heard the gospel in such a way to have it laid to heart. Beloved, the way someone was not only saved in the in the Old Testament is the same way they're saved in the new, by looking to the mercy seat, the same way someone was judged in the Old Testament is the same way we will be judged today. Turn with me to second Thessalonians, chapter two. And verse ten. And this first part of 10, I think, is if you want to sum up this first part, just remember the word done. And we'll we'll come back to that in a second. But verse 10, "...with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie." That they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. What a solemn thing this is, because they received not the love of the truth, that God has made an everlasting covenant with his Levi, a picture of and shadow of his only begotten Son. He shall send them strong delusion that they might believe a lie, that they might all be damned who believe not the truth. O beloved, how I love him who told me and ever shows me that all my deeds are evil. If he had not loved me by his undeserved grace and shown me his loveliness and his being worthy of all my love, I, you, we should be the same. What a difference between those the Lord described in John's Gospel, chapter 3, who hate the light and King David What a God-given, gracious difference. Turn with me to John's Gospel, chapter 3. In verse 20, our Lord declares, Everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. Verse 21, but he that doeth truth cometh to the light that his deeds might be made manifest that they are wrought in God. In Psalm 139, we hear King David, a saint of the Old Testament, say something that no natural man could do. The natural man ever wants to hide in the dark. But the new man wants to be found out. Search me, O God. Verse 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. We are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord. Because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. In verse 3 in our portion, Malachi chapter 2, We read these words Behold I will corrupt your seed and spread dung upon your faces even the dung of your solemn feasts and one shall take you away with it These unjustified profane priests took pleasure in their solemn feasts of sacrifice that pictured the dung that God's people see in their flesh as they cling to Christ alone for their salvation What a blessing to be made to see that your best sacrifices are nothing but dung. In fact, God's people count all things loss, nothing but dung, for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. What knowledge is this? He is a pure offering, beloved, a perfect once and for all offering, by which we are accepted by the sacrifice of himself. All our confidence is seen and found in the flesh of the Son of God and his precious blood. Christ Jesus the Lord is both our pure offering and the one who offers it, whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins. Turn with me to Romans or rather Philippians, Philippians chapter 3. What a contrast Paul is to these profane priests. These profane priests brought these lame, sick, spotted sacrifices. They were a solemn feast in their, in their view, but before the Lord it was nothing but dung. Look at how Paul sees that not only the sacrifices... Are dung here. But he says this here, Philippians chapter 3, verse 8, Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ, and be found in Him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Oh, that God would give you grace to hear and lay it to heart, lay hold of Christ, that you might have such a blessed conclusion as the apostle, that everything you have to offer God is done. The only thing we have that commends us to God is the perfect offering of the Lord Jesus Christ. These unjustified, profane priests did not have an eye to the perfect righteousness of a pure offering, the pure offering of the true mercy seat, the true propitiatory that is Christ. Beloved, we see Christ set forth before us as a pure offering. Will you look to a dung covered priest to bring a pure offering? No, beloved, we don't look to any dung covered anyone, including ourselves. Christ is a pure offering and the one that brings that pure, perfect, finished offering. Beloved, it's the gospel of the Old Testament when we read in Genesis chapter 3, verse 21, that not only does the Lord bring the sacrifice, but He makes that sacrifice effectual, He clothed them in the sacrifice. And in the same thing here in Malachi, we not only hear that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is a perfect offering, beloved, but He is the one that offers it. <laughs> it has nothing whatsoever to do with us. It is all of His doing. All of His authoring and finishing. Beloved, our man, the God-man, the Lord Jesus Christ, offers an everlasting offering once and for all, as our perpetual, unchanging priest. Beloved, he is able to save to the uttermost those who come to God by and through him. Christ is both our pure offering and our pure offerer. We preach Christ and him crucified. We preach a uh, he who is our pure offering and a he who offered it. Christ Jesus, the Lord. Perhaps I should have said Him, but you understand what I'm saying, beloved. I don't have the best grammar, but I have the best Savior. <laughs> beloved, will God accept a pure offering of His hand on your behalf? He most certainly will. <laughs> our Lord Jesus Christ ever liveth to make intercession for us. Christ Jesus, our Lord, is the perpetual fount of, of all our pardon. What gospel comfort is contained here in Malachi? Listen to our covenant God, our Heavenly Father, describe our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ here by His messenger Malachi. Before we do, let our brother Paul the Apostle introduce our high priest, the one who offers the pure offering of and by Himself. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 7. verse 26 Hebrews chapter 7 verse 26 for such an high priest became us who is holy harmless undefiled separate from sinners and made higher than the heavens and high priest became us He who knew no sin was made sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Separate from sinners. He is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens, who needeth not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifice, first for his own sins, and then for the people's. For this he did once when he offered up himself. For the law maketh men high priests which have infirmity, but the word of the oath, this is the covenant of Levi, the covenant of grace, which was since the law, the Son who is consecrated forevermore. The Son of God, who was set apart from before the foundation of the world to be both our pure offering and our perfect holy priest, we ever look to him who ever liveth and ever intercedeth, our pure priest, to present the one pure and perfect offering of himself for the atonement of our sins. We look to our pure priest, the Lord Jesus Christ, who both is the offering and the offerer. Now, as we look here I'm going to pick up and reread verses 4 through to verse 7. We've already looked at verses 8 and 9. That's in my introduction. Verse 4. And ye shall know that I have sent this commandment unto you, that my covenant might be with Levi, saith the Lord of hosts. My covenant was with him of life and peace, and I gave them to him for the fear wherewith he feared me, and was afraid before my name. The law of truth was in his mouth, and iniquity was not found in his lips. He walked with me in peace and equity, and did turn many away from iniquity. For the priest's lips should keep knowledge, and they should seek the law at his mouth, for he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. All that we have just read of Levi must be understood if we would read Malachi under the blessed teaching of our Lord. Do you remember what he said? These are they which testify of him. As we will see, Levi is here as only being typical of the Lord Jesus Christ. Could the third son of Jacob be described as having the covenant of life and peace? My covenant was with him of life and peace. Turn with me to John's Gospel chapter 17. Verse 2. It's remarkable the way our Lord speaks. This is the words of our Lord speaking. He's this is not descri- describing some other person. This is describing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is eternal life, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. Beloved, our high priest, indeed this Levi here mentioned, is our priest, the high priest of the covenant of life and peace. The Lord Jesus Christ, it is his to grant to his people life and peace by his power. And not just life, beloved, but the life eternal of his peace. Look here, there's another picture of our Lord in this portion of Malachi. We read here in verse... Five, I gave them to him for the fear wherewith he feared me. Could the third son of Jacob be described as having received a people? Speaking of his covenant people, his purchased possession, beloved, he purchased us with the sacrifice of his upright life, the life of a man who perfectly and fearfully referenced our heavenly father in our place. He teaches us that he gave his life a ransom for many. And look here, there's another picture of our Lord. Iniquity was not found in his lips. We read that here in verse uh, 6. Could this be describing just any old Levi as not having iniquity in his lips? Of course not. Levi was like all other manner of men, a sinner who did nothing good. Turn with me to Luke's Gospel, chapter 23. Verse 41. This testimony of our Lord, that this man, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, hath done nothing amiss. Not having iniquity in his lips could not be said of any other man but Christ. That iniquity was not found in his lips, and much more beloved, our priest in both word and deed did nothing amiss. And here is another picture of our Lord in this same portion of Malachi. We read, He walked with me in peace and and equity. This is in verse 6. And did turn many away from iniquity. What a blessed account of our great Levi, the Lord Jesus Christ, in that he has turned us away from iniquity and sin. He said this on on one account. He said, The Son of Man did not come into the world to be served or to be ministered to, but to minister, to serve, and give his life a ransom for many. (laughs) And here we see the priest's lips should keep knowledge and they should seek the law at his mouth. Beloved, we don't seek the law at... Moses mouth we seek the law of christ at his mouth all those christ glorifying truths that adorn his doctrine all the scriptures they give testimony of him i trust beloved and i know beloved that all his people will not depart out of the way why because we are pep- kept by the power of god by his faithfulness and tis by his undeserved grace because we love him, like Paul, we dare not hope to be found in any dung pile of our own. We dare not bring anything that would corrupt the gospel of the covenant of Christ. We want to be found in him alone, by him alone, and be saved by him alone. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8. We read here in verse 1, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. It is with Him, Jehovah declares, His covenant was made of life and peace. Do you know what life and peace is, beloved? No condemnation forever. (laughs) No condemnation. What else can I conclude with but with what, with the difference of the covenant of grace makes what else could I con- conclude with what a a blessed difference the covenant of grace makes someone listening to this message might ever remain a Pharisee and look to things that are polluted things that you think are blessings but really nothing more than a pile of cursed dung I pray that God grant that no one listening tonight be left to themselves to offer what is polluted by the profane. If you do not understand my meaning, if you bring something in your hand, are you not the profane offering the polluted? I pray that all of you listening to this message Everyone listening to this message, I'm listening to this message. Well, take the example of the publican and ever look to the things that are pure. I pray God grant you who are listening grace to ever look to him who is perfect, the Lord Jesus Christ, and see the pure offering he offered once and for all. He offered what is pure by the perfect sacrifice of himself, through which he had by himself. Purged our sins, and sat down at the right hand of the Majesty on high, where He ever liveth to make intercession for His beloved people. Our Lord declares, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except by me. Beloved, He alone is our pure and perfect offering. And what a blessing to see the word of the oath the covenant of Levi, the covenant of life and peace, the covenant of grace, which was since the law in our text, our Lord Jesus, the Son who is consecrated forevermore. Friend, he is able to save them to the uttermost, those that come unto God only by and through him. I love the way the Lord preserves that testimony of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. (laughs) He is a complete Savior. (laughs) He saves to the uttermost. He is our one and only pure offering. And He is our one and only high priest. Come unto God by Him. Christ Jesus the Lord. If you come to Him, If you come to him, you'll find that he did and has done it all. He is the author and finisher of our faith, the author and finisher of our salvation, the offerer and offering of all our acceptance before our great God and King. Beloved, rejoice. We are redeemed, redeemed by the incorruptible blood of our Lord Jesus Christ the Lamb of God, without blemish and without spot. Amen.